0: Welcome back to History List. Our thoughts and minds have been the main concern of Plato, Descartes, Immanuel Kant, and many others. Scientifically, the gray matter within our skulls has been sort of understood since the early days of the scientific revolution. It was the source or seat of our thoughts. By 1891, in Germany, The neuron theory was gaining renown. Freud was aware of this theory, but his interests moved beyond that of a neuroscientist. After all, the brain is one thing, the mind another. A simple question. How do you know if your mind works like mine? How could you check? Children sometimes pose a variant of this question, how do I know that your perception of the color red is the same as mine? Long a philosophical query, by the late 1800s, it was opening up a field of psychology. In America, William James began teaching courses on the subject in 1875 at Harvard. In this context, we see Sigmund Freud, who died in 1939, as a relative latecomer. Yet, when we picture psychology, we picture the classic therapist couch, that is, psychoanalysis, one of Freud's inventions. The famous introductory lectures on psychoanalysis, given during World War I, are a midpoint of his theories on psychoanalysis, for Freud often revisited and refined his theories over the years. As many can testify, the talk therapy of psychoanalysis can prove tremendously effective and can help treat the various psychological problems we modern humans face, from more common cases, such as anxiety, to the extremes, such as unhealthy thoughts about violence. For Freud, there was a lot of trauma and childhood involved in his diagnoses. These diagnoses are sometimes clearly at odds with our modern knowledge. For example, homosexuality for Freud is a form of repression and misplaced sexual urges which we know now is not the case. Also, troublingly, Freud was something of a psychiatrist as well, that is, suggesting medications for his patients. Cocaine was touted, and he himself was a user. This is, of course, not to be recommended. But despite these unfortunate aspects, much of his work endures. Some of his major themes of psychoanalysis are of the subconscious, the id, being in conflict with the world of modern society, a theme he revisits many times. This is the ego superego, id theory that is still very popular. Sexual development was also central to his theories. He stated controversially, if rightly, that sexual development is part of life at all stages, even infancy. New parents can confirm this. Infants do seem to enjoy playing with themselves. In 1905, this was very radical, especially in light of the Victorian era's cult of the child. An influential 1889 article praised the purity and innocence of children, which conflicted sharply with masturbating infants, since in Freud's era masturbation was considered a terrible thing, referred to as self-abuse and self-pollution. Indeed, many people at the time were trying to cure it. Freud said it was natural and healthy, since so much of our life is driven by sexual urges and desires, desires which originate in the id and conflicted with society. Freud was often at conflict with his society. He had taken a medical degree by twenty five and worked in Vienna. He came to have a wide reputation with his shares of disciples, notably Jung, and detractors. Most obviously, being Jewish, he was condemned by the Nazis, who burned his works and invaded his native Austria. With his family, he escaped Vienna for London, where he lived during the last year and a half of his life before dying in 1939. By the time of his death, he had written on a vast number of topics, from the role of religion in society, to the psychology of jokes, much of it fruitful, if not as well known. The other major discovery he made, besides his psychoanalysis, was the answer to our question above. How could we know that our minds worked the same way? In 1901, Freud figured out that our dreams were universal. Dreams had been recognized as important the world over since nearly the dawn of history, if not humanity. In the West, they played a central role in works from the Bible to Shakespeare to Lewis Carroll. Freud had figured out that some dreams were universal, with standard meanings. Falling is never a pleasant dream. Picturing your teeth falling out is a sign of anxiety. Flying is liberating. Here was proof that our minds must be essentially similar in some ways. Indeed, if your mind didn't code things this way, it was a sign of some abnormality. This track of development and normality is also critical to consider, as in the early 20th century the race was on to discover what was normal, abnormal, dangerous, and so forth. Thus the West embarked on a new journey of classifying ourselves and our neuroses. In our next history list, we will consider the rise of modernism with the great artist Pablo Picasso.